0: I never know if I should talk like that, like past it. Talk
1: past it, okay. just like that. Technique. Yeah, just leave it. It's perfect. <laughs> there, just it. Don't Don't touch it, you're fine. So, welcome everyone. This is Jaime, and I'm here with my wife Maddie, and the uh, show is Our Kids Asleep. We have a lot of things to say, but somehow these things are not readily available right now. So, we're going to go to, <laughs> what, the last show that we watched, mm-hmm. which is...
0: Uh... Emily in Paris.
1: There you go. That's the one. So we were just kind of on a dry spell of shows, right? We were watching Shits Creek a lot and
0: rewatching for like the third yeah, time.
1: Yeah. You know, just kind of feeling that vibe. And then uh, Maddie went, you know what? We should try something else. And I'll let you tell the rest of it.
0: <laughs> well, I had seen um I had seen somewhere that Lily Collins had a new show, uh, daughter of Phil Collins. Uh and it was mm-hmm. called Emily in Paris. And I was like, hmm, Paris. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty much the only thing that drew me to it was the fact that it takes place in Paris. And yeah. uh yeah, it's just something that I was like, oh, I should watch this. But right. I but I was like, I won't make you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, you were like, I'll fucking watch it. Yeah, like- I
1: mean, I I uh, this I guess kind of what we had talked about before. I grew up with sisters and a mom and a dad and we all gather around the house and we watched a lot of novelas so we we know the drill i mean we we like the uh the drama mm-hmm. so it, it was it's just like a a romantic you know uh dr- drama romantic drama not really a I drama I mean, it's, it's silly. like
0: it's romantic comedy i would say like yeah it's silly it's light she's in paris and she doesn't speak french which is funny in and of itself how
1: did she come to be in that situation
0: uh so she works for this woman uh in chicago and then the woman gets pregnant and (laughs) can't go she can't transfer jobs like she was planning to to Mm -hmm. paris and so lily collins character emily gets to go instead yeah and with no
1: exception or what no excuse from her dad who was uh you know i i wanted to make like so many like phil collins jokes about this (laughs) because like only recently did i realize that
0: Uh, yeah i didn't that that i didn't put uh, that together either
1: that was his daughter yeah very disappointed there were no drum solos (laughs) during the score that's what i was gonna say um (laughs) there you go
0: but yeah it's cute it's a cute show it's fun it's got it's got intrigue and and funny, you know, bits. And yeah,
1: and you also want to know what what happens during the like the next episode. I think we sat through probably about four or five of them just in one sitting. So I think right now, because there's so much heavy shit going on in the world, that's the kind of show that you should be watching right now. Is something to forget about <laughs> things for a little while. Maybe so a I put appreciated off. Appreciate it then.
0: Maybe. Put off binging uh chernobyl right now yeah
1: don't watch any of the the big <laughs> you know award-winning dramas right now as much as is and want to but maybe we'll talk about the book that you're reading because that kind of lands on that category it does heavy shit
0: i might be watching um, light stuff on netflix but i'm really some heavy shit yeah in my yeah. uh
1: kindle so. but before we get to it let's just kind of wrap up on uh Emily in Paris, what do you like about the show? What's, like, the thing that kind of sticks out in your mind?
0: I kind of like how she's having to deal with sort of the cultural differences. Because I think that's not something that they deal with a lot in TV in terms of, like, um, how things are culturally different in places like France. And, you know, she's kind of a young professional from America and she has that mentality of a professional and just like her whole life is work. And I thought one of like the kind of funny, but kind of telling parts was like when she meets up with a coworker and he's like, you know, Americans live to work and the French work to live.
1: Right. And I do like that in the first couple of episodes, it's like they're putting her in her place because she does come in with this kind of energy that she is going to make or break or you know set things up in this uh marketing agency to kind of do things as she wants but the reality is that there there is that sense of respect when it comes to coming into somebody else's culture and doing doing it that way and i thought that was kind of refreshing because you don't really see the american getting told it's like listen i mean that's you got one perspective of doing it but you you have to acknowledge or at least consider the other the other part of it yeah so i thought that was kind of nice yeah um
0: and i can tell that you know and it's nice to see that she kind of she's realizing that slowly like that her perspective is not the only perspective
1: yeah and by the the i guess would you say like the fifth or sixth episode we're starting to to get that vibe we're like oh she's actually making progress and and it's still kind of a steep climb to be a part of that group but she's she's kind of coming along and you do want to root for her and you believe that she'll get there you know because it's it's a nice bubbly little you Mm -hmm. know um character and world and so it's easy to just kind of be like this is going to be okay yeah i mean it's it's a nice kind of it's kind of nice that like
0: nothing like really bad has happened like there's been like funny like comedy of errors type situations but it hasn't been like they're not like life or death problems right which is kind of a nice refreshing
1: thing yeah i I appreciate that i mean just like i say i mean we we really can only handle so much right now Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i i want to come home and i want to enjoy something that's that's pleasant a little bit you know i can go on twitter and rage about things for a couple of minutes but otherwise i would like to have a little bit of an escape yeah so i'm all for escapism right now yeah we need you know we voted okay just getting it out there we did the right thing we you know fulfilled our duty but let us focus on <laughs> ourselves a little bit we and voted
0: and now i'm trying not to think about it yeah. until november 3rd
1: <laughs> we're gonna have a long
0: it's
1: a long haul it's another month to really yeah. know what happens. Mm-hmm. So brace yourselves yeah otherwise uh i think that's worthy of a tink what do you think yeah yeah let's give that emily
0: in paris deserves a tink
1: there we go a little tink there um but let's let's talk about uh some audiobooks because (laughs) as much as you've been trying to um take in some content that is not as overwhelming i think you you kind of go toward that you <laughs> i you,
0: didn't do a very good job yeah
1: yeah so let's talk about the things that you've been listening because you you've taken some time to do audiobooks what's that been all about
0: yeah i um i kind of quit audiobooks for a couple years because um i just didn't have a lot of time to listen to something uh that required my whole attention um it's i at work, I don't, I can't really listen to something like a, like a book that, that requires more attention than what I'm giving the work I'm doing. Mm. Um, it kind of leads to weird emails that don't make sense. Um, so I, um, I decided to give uh, audiobooks a try again, but not listening to them at work, just listening to them in the car whenever I can. And I chose, um, ronan farrow's book catch and kill and i heard about it on npr of course where else do i hear about things mm-hmm. um and it was like a, a segment of like audiobooks that are really good yeah um good quality audiobooks um and that was one of them that they mentioned and i was like okay well i'll give it a shot i like investigative books like that so um so i listened to it and it was a uh, so catch and kill is is by ronan farrow the reporter and it's about the um harvey weinstein thing the allegations against right. him of, of sexual harassment the considerable assault, amount all of that. allegations yeah and it's about ronan farrow's uh sort of journey to publishing that Story. It took about two years Um, and catch and kill refers to the act of a news organization uh, acquiring a story and then killing the story. Mm. So the Inquirer has been accused of doing that with stories about Trump. (laughs) Um, And it's it's a really old phrase um, that's been used in news for a long time. And essentially, that's what NBC did with this story. So Ronan Farrow worked for NBC, back when he started doing this story. And eventually it comes around that they're not going to run the story that he's been working on. And it's essentially about, you know, power and influence that these very wealthy powerful men have over everything over the media, over people, over organizations and how even someone, you know, like a journalist is not safe Mm. from intimidation, threats, uh, surveillance. I mean, these Harvey Weinstein has endless resources. And he uses them to suppress stories about himself.
1: And you mentioned that there were a lot of different close calls that Ronan Farrow had to uh, undergo to really get to the bottom of it, right? There were a lot of scary situations in the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was being followed. Um, He was being um, surveilled through his cell phone. He was getting... Um, calls and hang-ups he was getting uh open threats through social media um his boyfriend was being surveilled Mm. just people around him Mm -hmm. um and then you know by the end of the book you wonder, you realize that harvey weinstein hired this um cyber surveillance company cyber intelligence company Um, an Israeli company and their whole job is to (laughs) not only just surveil, but to trick people into giving information to these agents that they then relay to their clients. Mm. So, you know, people like Rose McGowan, who was very vocal about, the rape she suffered from harvey weinstein at the Cannes film festival Mm. and she was followed she was threatened she was surveilled and this woman who worked for the surveillance company befriended her spoiler alert if you're going to read the book (laughs) but she befriends rose mcgowan under the guise of like someone who is helping her through this difficult time and the woman actually works for the surveillance company and gives all this information Jesus. To, to this company and ultimately to Harvey Weinstein. And so all of this just comes down to a way for Harvey Weinstein to manipulate the narrative mm. around himself. And um, eventually, you know, NBC's not going to run it. And so Ronan Farrow goes another direction. The New Yorker ends up publishing his work in 2018 and um, wins the Pulitzer. And And just
1: to clarify, too, you you mentioned that the reason that they didn't want to publish it on NBC was because of the connections and the reach of this man. And I remember you distinctly mentioning two things. One. At, like, any time that you took a break from reading the, from listening to the thing, you said, this guy's a fucking monster. And two, the the sort of tentacles of his power were just all over the place, so pervasive that yeah. um, he was, like, best friends with the guy who was running NBC at the time. Was that right?
0: Yeah, he was friends with Noah Oppenheim, who mm-hmm. ran NBC, or was the president of NBC. Mm-hmm. He knew the guy who owned Comcast which owns nbc it's like a buddy yeah. um and viacom i think they're the same company i don't fucking know um he knows all of them right he's on friendly terms with all of those men and they are all men mm. um and well more it, so- oh, it essentially oh, came down to like you know ronan farrow would ask noah oppenheim why aren't you running this like what are you doing mm. And he's, and he would eventually, you know, like he was like, Are you talking to Harvey Weinstein about what I'm doing? And he's like, No, I've not talked to Harvey Weinstein. And then eventually he got out of him. Okay, I talked to him one time, Jeez. you know, and it's, it's like, Of Jesus course, Christ. like that's what's happening. And yeah. so it's just like at every turn, Ronan Farrow runs into like, like he was afraid to talk to people mm. because he'd be like, Oh, and then this is what victims said too. There was a victim who was like, I was afraid to talk to my therapist about this because I found out that she worked with Weinstein at this production company 10 years <laughs> earlier. Like it's right. all so incestuous. He just has, yeah. he has so much influence.
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm obviously getting like piecemeal um, aspects of this whole investigation from you and listening to it briefly as you've been kind of playing it over um, some of our like speakers, you know, and stuff um but i always thought i thought that it was it was really bad because through most of it you're audibly saying how can this get any worse like i've i've heard you say some variation of that and then you get to this degree of well he doesn't just know the people who run show business he knows a lot of people in in the political you know circles and in government mm-hmm. and the justice system and. I mean, what was that, really, what was going on there?
0: There's a part of the story where he assaults an Italian actress. She was, like, 22. Mm -hmm. And she she gets us, like, he grabs her. He, not rape necessarily, but he, Mm -hmm. he sexually, like, assaults her. And she immediately goes to the police. She, like, tells her publicist. And her publicist is like, we're going right now. And mm. they like walk down to the New York police department and they tell what happened. And the police are like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, they took the report and they're like, all right, we're going to bug. We're going to wire you. We're going to put a mm. wire on you.
2: Oh, and was,
0: uh... we're going to, you're going to set up a meeting with Harvey tomorrow. You're going to see him again and we're going to catch him in the act. And she was like, you know, terrified, of course, right. but she agreed, and it it got all fucked up, and she almost got assaulted again because like they didn't know where she was, like her phone was almost dying, and like he was trying to get her up to his hotel room because that's his modus operandi is to get you mm-hmm. into his hotel room, and she records everything,
1: and they played it right. The that whole, was yeah. Uh... He
0: played it in the audiobook. He played the whole recording. Of Jesus Harvey Weinstein. Ma'am. Like you can hear how terrified she is, how panic stricken she is. Mm-hmm. And like the cops are nearby, but they can't get to her without revealing what's happening. Yeah. And so, you know, they play the recording and you just hear him like he is he's relentless. He will not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And so it just it goes on for like five or seven minutes. Like it's ridiculous. And then so The cops have this recording. She gets away. They have this recording. The cops are like, This is open and shut. We have this motherfucker dead to rights. Mm -hmm. We have a recording of him trying to assault you. Yeah. And it turns out that Harvey Weinstein has been contributing to the New York district attorney's uh, campaign for (laughs) reelection. And so, of course, no it doesn't go anywhere yeah so he's greasing the palms of all these new york politicians hillary clinton included yeah and um nothing comes of it and the cops were like we don't know what happened (laughs) like this was an open and shut case we had evidence we had auditory evidence and it didn't go anywhere and and you know he just has this team of lawyers not a lawyer a team of lawyers right. and a district attorney that's not going to do anything because right. he's Harvey Weinstein.
1: And so you you've mentioned this several times as well, um, just in, in terms of takeaways here, but um you you said that it seemed as as though his film career was just a ploy for him to to do this. Yeah. Like
0: it seemed like he was a sexual predator who just happened to make movies. Like that's what it seemed like to me. It yeah. seemed like all his motives were sexual predation. Mm-hmm. It like, yeah, he distributed movies, he produced movies, but but that ultimately of,
1: was not. It, it even was not
0: his main. His main ob- objective.
1: Yeah. That's that's just. So horrifying, and
0: I think like the most like bone chilling thing to me was like how many people facilitated this yeah. around him, mm-hmm. and women and men alike. And he literally had people on his payroll who were, you know, they 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 were billed as something else, but essentially they were pimps. Mm. They were like, you bring me girls in whatever city I'm in." at any hour you know and it was just like there was like these horror stories of him like you know i mean women were terrified to work with him Mm -hmm. because you were going to get assaulted or he was going to say something if you were even like remotely attractive and it was just is yeah it was a lot um but you know and they don't just touch on harvey weinstein i mean most of the book is about harvey weinstein but You know, another thing with NBC, they had Matt Lauer. Oh, yeah. And that whole thing happened around that same time.
1: They just let it fly.
0: And, you know, so on top of the fact that Harvey Weinstein had them in their pocket, they also had a culture of mistreating women, Mm -hmm. you know. And Matt Lauer was not the only one who'd been accused of things. Uh but he was like the main one in, yeah. in contemporary, you know, in recent memory. And um, they talk about Donald Trump uh, briefly because it's a similar situation where, mm-hmm. you know, he uses his influence. he's a team of lawyers um, and that kind of thing. So he covers a lot of ground in this book. And uh, it's very heavy um but it's it's solid journal i mean that's what journalism is for mm-hmm. uh, that kind of work so mm-hmm. considering well. like his you know he's the son of woody allen and mia farrow so he already kind of had this shroud of celebrity around him mm-hmm. but i feel like What he's done individually, like as a person, as a journalist, is pretty impressive considering, sure, like separately from why he's famous initially.
1: Yeah, and we looked him up uh, shortly after you finished the book, and he he has like huge academic pedigree. I mean, he graduated early from high school and then he went to an Ivy League school, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, I um, can't remember, like law or journalism, something like that. He does have a
0: law degree, yeah, yeah yeah um but you know i mean he does come from a privileged upbringing you can't really sure. deny that but um you know he also comes from a family that is just drenched in trauma too so i mean he talks absolutely Yeah. he talks a little bit about his sister dylan who was assaulted by woody allen when she was seven when she was a child it wasn't yeah. just when she was seven. Oh fuck man. um and mm-hmm. how a lot of what he was doing with the Harvey Weinstein stuff was for her. Yeah. Because he felt a lot of guilt about, I mean, obviously he was young, you know, but he felt a lot of guilt about not f- standing up more for his sister. Um, you know, and there's a point where he talks to her several times throughout this thing that he's doing and essentially just trying to like, to get her advice mm-hmm. about how he needs to go about doing this. And, mm-hmm. and she, almost every time she tells him like, just don't stop. Right. Don't stop when it gets hard. Don't stop yeah. when it gets dangerous. She said, cause I remember what it felt like when they stopped fighting for me. Right. You know, and Woody Allen never, there was never any consequences for anything he yeah. did. So that's
1: so fucked up.
0: Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it was, some of it was very personal.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: And Harvey Weinstein trying to use that against him too. <laughs> um, that he had a an axe to grind. Yeah. But um but yeah, it was very it was a very good book. Um it was very complicated, so you know, I don't know that I fully absorbed everything because it was very, very complicated. But mm. um I thought it was very good.
2: Yes.
1: Nice. Well I think uh you know just for the sheer power of uh of the truth you know in these difficult times and and you know just getting the full picture of this fucking monster this animal is you know something that needs to be celebrated you know he put yeah. his life as, at risk he yeah, he, really he did. followed his purpose his calling to do something yeah. you know and great. I
0: mean Harvey Weinstein's in prison now yeah I mean, you know, 25 uh, years too late, but... Yeah,
1: fuck that guy. And then you remember, like, he he was going up the steps of the courthouse, like, I'm too
0: frail. He was really putting it it's on. Like,
1: how could this old man do anything bad?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he is a legitimate it's, psychopath. Yeah. Like, something is seriously wrong with him. Mm. Like, I don't know, like, I'm curious about the abnormal psychology of someone like that because it is mental illness Mm -hmm. there is something wrong with him yeah because there's no way you could do that shit and not feel remorse unless you were mentally ill yeah like it's sociopathy right um but Mm -hmm. yeah it's
1: It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. I know I was just
0: telling you guys not to binge watch Chernobyl. <laughs> Maybe don't read this book right now. But it read was very it. good. I mean, yeah. it's it's worth reading. It's well put together. It's it's concise, just cutting journalism and it's But pick your emotional
1: battles. Make yeah. sure you you set some time for self-care if you're gonna do that. You can't just marathon that shit. <laughs> well, go to
0: balance it out, I'm now listening to um Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. So, yeah.
1: so now you're only slightly depressed and not <laughs> no, completely it's, yeah, no, torn apart.
0: It's, it's good.
1: Yeah. Well, it's uh it's been uh a, a week of good stuff. Um otherwise uh we haven't really watched anything anything else, have we?
0: Uh no no not that i can
1: yeah i mean uh, we're hoping to get ryan on here so that we can talk about the soccer documentaries Mm -hmm. um but i guess if you want to leave on a good note uh i did start playing minecraft (laughs) with our with our son and Mm -hmm. that was a complete fucking shit show Mm -hmm. um i'm doing better though better than i i did when we were playing on the tablet but now that we're on the Nintendo, doing it, I built like a portion of my house, just a little bit, and then I proceeded to get a huge migraine <laughs> <laughs> because the screen, like like the point of view, just turned super fast. So, so I was motion like, "Motion sickness." Yeah, I got super motion sickness, and yeah, it was a nightmare. But I'm really looking forward to finishing it sometime in the next few days. Yeah, uh, I think our son will be very, very proud of me mm-hmm. with that.
0: I think he just enjoys yelling at you for
1: he does not he does. knowing what you're doing. Yeah, and, and it took me like 20 fucking minutes to figure <laughs> out where to get the the bricks and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the door. <laughs> then you got to go to the inventory and select what kind of material. And he's like, you should have gone into survival mode. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't do that. I need to be in creative, calm, relaxing mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't last if if we went into the full survival mode
0: we actually have to like fight zombies and stuff i
1: just want a peaceful life i want (laughs) to have a a nice place you know where i can see the the farmland and and then the square sun setting (laughs) and all this good shit Mm -hmm. you know i don't need much (laughs) yeah but anyway uh just a a quick show for you folks today but is there anything you want to add before we call it
0: (sighs) um no i'm reading a spooky book right now but i'll talk about it next we'll time. talk
1: about it later um do the thing do the sign off
0: um subscribe rate and review the podcast you can email us at ourkidsasleep at com.
1: and we hope that you all have a great rest of your week and much love to you